Welcome to the Post Ride Cafe with your hosts, Sam and Aaron. The podcast all about cycling. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Post Ride Cafe. I'm Sam. This is Aaron. Welcome to episode 30. Welcome back. I I know. I was like, welcome to physically being here. Yeah. uh, I will say... The benefit is I feel like the conversation's better. We can see each other. Yeah. There's probably not like gaps in in a talking and it's true. Weird editing and so it's it's pretty nice. Yeah, we don't have like two sound audio clips that have different background noises <laughs> and like kind of weird. But I did upgrade the place. Got some new chairs. I know. I was like, this is pretty comfortable. Like. I was saying there's like some nice smell in here or some candles or something. Yeah, this is where the lady does her arts and stuff. So she has candles going or, or incense or whatever. And so, um, yeah, it's a nice little room. But yeah, I got high back chairs. We're, dude, we're, we're making it. Yeah, I was like, once the video comes in of, of us talking right here, then it's going to be real primo. Oh, for sure. Well, you know, we have to with all our new viewers. Uh, you know, just want to shout out. I know I like to plug when we get foreign foreign countries, and I hadn't done it in a while, but we got a pretty long list. We had this week. We had like Paris from France was here. That was Dang. pretty pretty dope. Um, we had Romania. We had uh, Portugal. We had Denmark, I believe, uh, and a couple others. I mean, we've just had probably over a dozen, maybe two dozen now. It's been pretty cool. I would say, you know, sorry in advance, or I'm sure the the person listening from Paris has not heard us talk crap about all the French writers. Yeah, luckily they started in episodes. Yeah, don't go back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we want we want them to do well. Pino. I think we're Dude, both behind Pino. We are very excited for Pino. Yeah. So it's not every French. And Alphilippe, you know. Well, is Alphilippe really French? He's like transcended cycling, you know. I feel like he gets like a Belgian and something else passed at this point. He's like Vanderpool. He's like a mix of two. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Vanderpool, Vanderpool, we get yeah. all of them. All of them. Well, let's get into this week's episode. We're going to cover uh, the recap of Stardew Bianchi. First race, first classics of the restart. Uh, also, there was Volta Burgos. And uh, just a little bit of cycling. There's a couple extensions and contract stuff. So let's dive into that. But uh, first, what's the socials, man? Yeah, get to us uh, on Instagram, at Cafe and... Uh, on Twitter, at Post Ride Cafe as well. Yeah, exactly. We'll see you there. Um, let's get into our Strava Stats of the Week. Stats, man. Yes, it's back. Uh, well, pretty tough week for me. <laughs> I was going to ride earlier in the week, and I had something come up, and it's also just been 115. I think we broke a record at 118. So, uh, unfortunately, I only got to ride once. I rode today. Uh, it was 35 miles, but I made up for it. It was 3,400 feet. Yeah, uh, luckily I got some miles in before I got here, um, but yeah. did 165 miles and 14,000 feet of climbing. Yeah, most of those, not here. Not here, for yeah. sure. So, ride of the week this week for me was today's ride. It was up in South Mountain. I called it the Half Sol, which is a, an homage to a, a guy I've met at South Mountain, whose name is Saul. And he, for a while there, he was riding one day a week. And it was only South Mountain every Sunday. He would got there at five or whatever. And he would do like four summits. That was it. I was like, one day a week, and this guy's crushing Somo four times. Like, That's cool tough. dude. I've read, I've ridden up with him, and had just had nice talk conversation and stuff. And so, you know, just kind of named my ride after him. But I did half. I did two times up Somo. Yeah, uh, I'm my ride of the week. I it's not this one. Although I'm just like, feel like almost in a daze from the the heat and everything. Yeah, of just trying to get used to riding here well this this ride today was pretty tough like it was a really cool sunrise yeah uh it was like some kind of red sun it was really weird new sun it was the new sun it was like hazy someone was like is there a fire somewhere or something like i I didn't hear anything or see anything but it was cloudy all morning so it wasn't too hot but you know it still was a warm day especially for you you just got back from boulder so you're not used to this type of weather like this is like beyond the high of the day for sure and the combination with the wind it was just like everything just becomes a little harder Mm -hmm. um but i would say my ride of the week uh was the last ride that i did out in boulder 
Uh, I think a big one because I went out to, did Lookout Mountain, then cruised over to Golden and did, or no, from Golden to a kind of Morrison area, which is where Red Rocks is. And there's pretty closed off right now. Few cars and like, there's always people exercising on the steps, but I got a PR up that climb, which was pretty sweet. I think I'm like 42nd or something like that overall now, yeah, which awesome. is, I mean, good. It gets about a mile and a half. Uh, I don't know what the average is. Maybe eight, I don't know. The, hmm. the last yeah. few turns get get kind of uh, steep on there, but it's a cool, It's I mean, going through Red Rocks is always amazing, and you can kind of go back and forth, and it's one you can actually, I went from the base of um, Lookout Mountain, like from the town of Golden, across, but you can actually go from the summit, keep going over, drop down, uh, you kind of cross a freeway, and then you go uh, through this little mountain area, and you drop down through a canyon, and then it puts you like out in Red Rocks too. Like, oh, nice. there's just different ways and stuff to get there. But it was a pretty cool one, and, and like I said, it was my last ride there, so I was gonna gonna mention it. Yeah, kind of tough. Yeah, today's ride was pretty nice uh, for me. Like I, I did last week, I I wanted to get more climbing in with some of these group rides that are on a hiatus again, and so I was like, well, I can get back to doing climbing and. Today I did a little better than I did last week, but still kind of kept it in a, in a lower zone and not trying to push it too hard. Just want to get some climbing back in my legs and also just survive the summer. It's it's been pretty hot. Yeah, one thing I was gonna forgot I was gonna mention the like the altitude gains because I was down yeah. here and you know it was hot, but the recovery that you have being at a lower altitude and I don't know if it's directly related from coming to from higher, you know, for about a month and then coming, you know, I'm, I forget what Boulder was at, maybe six or 7,000 and it's probably a thousand here. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't know if it's just always being at that level or of having like that higher altitude training and then coming down lower, but like my recovery on efforts of like going up some steep stuff, you know, 12, 14% for a quick thing and out of the saddle and like almost instantly I can like, all right, I catch my breath almost right away and then can go again Yeah. where either, I don't know, I'm trying to remember, like normally out here, I don't think I can go that well and definitely can't out there. It's like, if you put in an effort, it's going to take a minute to like bring your heart rate back down and catch your breath. And I was just like, oh man, I was like, yeah, I can just, I can go again. Just I keep can going. go again. <laughs> yeah. So you were, you were feeling like the camp in our, you know, inner soul. Yeah. I mean, I won't go quite as crazy as him, but maybe, maybe I need to set up myself a little oxygen tank out or, or tent yeah. out here. Yeah, maybe you should. <laughs> uh, I will want to point out one thing. You're one of the biggest assholes I've ever met in cycling. <laughs> I didn't realize. So Why? you were very gracious. On the, second, uh, on the second ascent up South Mountain, you were kind of chilling with me. And, you know, you weren't... It was, really, it was pretty windy and swirly, and it wasn't really good weather for a PR, so... You know, you're like, well, I don't need to push it too hard. Like, I know you want to try to go for a PR while you have altitude gains and just to see where, where you're at with those. And unfortunately, today wasn't that day. But so you're kind of hanging out with me and I'm going pretty slow. And my heart rate was just super high in that second uh, ascent. And no problem. We're just kind of hanging out. And then like one dude's like, hey, on your left. And he kind of passed us. And you're like, all right, I got to go. I got to go past that dude. And like, <laughs> so you passed him and, and like he, he already kind of knew you a little bit from previous ascent, you know, he knew that you could climb, and so he, yeah. he was like, oh, yeah, I, I thought you were kind of just, like, you know, soft softballing it or whatever, and you're just hanging out with me, so obviously that's true, and so he didn't mind, and then later on, uh, you were coming <laughs> back down and saw me and turned around and kind of went with me the rest of the way, and we were, like, right at the end, and there's, like, two real steep climbs that, that are at the very end of this climb, and this other guy had just passed us, and you were like, all right, see you again, and then you just, like, bomb past him, like, apropos of nothing. I know. I thought I hopped on his wheel. I don't know if I... I don't think I... Maybe I did just shoot past him. Uh, I think you were kind of riding right next to him, though. But, like, yeah. you, like, quickly passed him and, like, were kind of, like... Yeah. It almost looked like you, like, passed him a little bit and then slowed down to get in his wheel just to show there's some pure dominance. <laughs> but anyway, it was pretty messed up. So it, I had to call you out on it, but... Yeah. I get I, why you did it. You know, you were just, like... You just have this thing where, like, if anyone passes you, you just have to go, like, catch him or something. It's just pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, I was telling you, I was like, oh, 
I realized I was like, yeah, that was kind of an asshole move. I did at the top, and it wasn't, it wasn't trying to come off like even more of like yeah. rubbing his face. So I was like, hey man, like, like I was like, I was like, that was a nice like, you know, back and forth because he like went ahead once, and then I like just had more left at the end to to do a last sprint uphill, and uh, what was I gonna say? So I was just like thinking. Oh, I was like, I never put it together. I was like, that that's a dick move. I was just yeah. like, I like to be competitive. I'm yeah. sure everyone else likes to be competitive and, yeah, and want to race up this too. Oh, yeah. And maybe it was like, maybe everybody doesn't want to do that. And they're just like, it makes them frustrated. So they have to try to go for it. Yeah. But yeah, I heard it was like, I hear him behind and I'm like, hear his gears clicking and hear him breathing a little heavier. And I'm just like they're seated for the moment. I was like, okay. I was like, I can get this. And <laughs> I'm just like, not looking back. I was like, you know, for the racers, dude, they need to stop looking back. Just, just focus pull on out, Pull out the, the ear, earphone and oh, yeah. just like listen to see what, where they're clicking up and uh, listen to how hard they're breathing and then, and then ruin their day. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm, I'm sure that he probably didn't care, maybe. Oh, I'm sure that dude was like, <laughs> what a dick. Like, I mean, but it doesn't matter. Like, you're not going to ever see that dude again, probably, and, and maybe he didn't. And, like, obviously your intention wasn't to do that. Like, you just saw somebody that was pretty good, and you're like, all right, I want to keep up with this guy. Yeah. And so that's I mean, really was, what it was. He was wearing a Mellow Johnny's jersey, and I was like, well, you know, fuck Lance Armstrong. Oh, so right. Well, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's guilt, guilt a, by association. Pass, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, cool. Well, let's get into some cycling news, man. We have, uh, before we get into the racing, uh, let's get into some quick housekeeping. We got two extensions that I read about this week. Dylan Toons extended for two more years with Brain McLaren. You know, I think that's pretty good. He seems to be happy there. Um, I still don't know what they're aiming to do. We haven't seen them race under this team banner yet, really, so we shall see. Yeah, it's likely better for him. I think the rumor was Ineos, and so it's... Never good. Yeah, it's like if you have your own intentions, then it's not good. Like, you'll probably have to work a bit for Landa, but there's a huge stretch of the season that that he's going to be the number one rider and yeah. supported. So I I think it makes sense if, if you can work that out for, for yourself there. Exactly. So that's good. Um, which also I, I wanted to touch on is McLaren's rumored to be leaving, so it's good that they're still extending riders. True. So that bodes well. And then we had, uh, we talked about this. Oh, I put, I don't even know who that is. It's Latour. I meant, I put Laporte. I don't know why. That's another writer. Christophe Laporte. Yeah, know, yeah. A whole different guy. Totally different guy. <laughs> anyway, Latour, we had been talking about this, and it's now official. He signed with uh, Total Direct Energy. So just wanted to kind of touch on that. I think that's good for him. It seemed on the surface weird whenever you see a writer go back down a rank, but Direct Energy is looking to aggressively move up. So yeah. he wants to be on the ground floor and be part of the build-up to the world tour. So, And it's a French team, you know, that's important to him. And so I, I, He's coming I wish him well. from, what, AG2R as well? Uh, AG2D. Yeah. Well, and, they, and like we've been talking, they seem to be on a kind of turn of their team of, yeah. of where they're going direction-wise and not GC. So if he has those intentions and the team, and again, you got a team that's going to support you. Mm-hmm. It's the way to go. Yeah, makes sense. I, I, I like the move. So we'll see how he does. Obviously, they've had a little bit of a, a bumpy uh, go of it with um, the classics. Terpstra. So, yeah. But he's had some just bad luck. But yeah, I think it's a good move for him if they continue to build up their team. So we'll see how that develops. So now, get on to some racing. Dude, racing was pretty good this week. Yeah, I kind of like what we talked about. It's Even though there's a, a new calendar, there's still these like tones and these dark clouds that are possibly forming in the horizon all the time. Yeah. And like the specter of maybe it's going to be canceled again. And so kind of like we have predicted, it's full gas all the time. Yeah. Which is, I mean, great for us as spectators. And oh yeah. It, it's awesome. Yep. So let's start with, before we get to the, the meat and potatoes, let's get to our vegetables here. Yeah. We had the Vuelta Burgos, which was still a cool race. Uh, we just want to really recap the stages real quick and then kind of go over some takeaways. So you watched more, more of this than I did, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, so stage one, uh, Gross Chartner uh, kind of caught everybody on, uh, off guard and took a late uh, kind of flyer on an uphill and yeah, yeah, he came away gone. with the win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he beat uh, Valverde and uh, Al, 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 Almiata? Almiata. Almeida, I think. Yes, yeah, so, so tough. Yeah. Uh, stage two was 
a dominant performance by Fernando Gaviria. Yeah, that was awesome. Just kind of gapped everybody on a different level on that stage for sure. Uh, stage three, and you know, building up the hype, Evenepoel <laughs> attacked uh, with about 2K to go right when they caught the last of the breakaway, and he's just not seen again. Yeah. Um, yeah, Bennett and Landa and Chavez, you know, were kind of coming in after, but Evenepoel on a different level. All aboard the hype train for that guy. Yeah, stage four was an interesting one. It was a slight uphill finish, it looked like, but right at 1K to go, there's this real tight corner. And there was a guy, you know, everyone kind of slows down, and he just kind of slipped out. I don't even really know what happened. And so no one really got hurt. It just caused kind of a, it was right near the front of the peloton. There was like 10 or 12 riders ahead. Uh, and so it just kind of backed everyone up. And so Bennett just attacked hard, and it was like just solo to the finish. He like did like 800 meters all by himself, just like full gas. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. And he uh, looked really strong, so good for him. Uh, stage five was uh, this was more of an uphill finish so this one was pretty cool peloton caught the break with 10k to go uh, you had a couple riders in there landa and kuss kind of went ahead with 4k and you know looks like kuss is just has a chance to just do a little riding on his own you know, he's yeah, going to be sure. full domestic duty in the grand tours so it was nice to see him go uh, landa attacked him and then it just ended up being remco and landa kind of trading blows for a little bit and then sosa was just kind of hanging out on his wheel and then at the end, he attacked. He was the freshest guy, and he ended up winning. But, you know, overall, Remco crushed this race. Oh, yeah. Like, it, I, it's cool to see, like, him do that and, and live up to it a bit. But you can see that style that he's using is he's really good time trialist. And I forgot. I think we were talking about maybe it was stage, maybe it was stage three that it we was. were saying it wasn't even really an attack. He yeah. just... You know, kicked up the gear yep. a little bit, and just everybody faded away. Yeah, I really liked it, too. Like, you know, one of my favorite things about uphill finishes is the attack. Yeah. Right? And you just see someone just really lace into somebody and have a go, and they just can't respond. Like, that's exciting. But Remco's talent is just in his overall power. Mm -hmm. And so he just, like, clicked it up. Not even a gear. I think he just went from, like, you know, added like five RPMs a minute or something and just added just that little bit of extra go and just no one could keep up and he just kind of drifted up. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't an attack, it just people just... Because it was a steady keep. gain of yeah. time too. So you're just like, oh, he's 20 seconds, he's 30 seconds. Jeez, man. Yeah. Like, And there was no main surge. It just sort of, you just saw them like almost like they uncoupled the, tra the, the train and it just kind of floated back. <laughs> yeah. Like there wasn't no big attack. And so it was actually just a real... Almost like a dominant show of his yeah. power, like just amazing. And so, yeah, I know we've talked before, you know, off air a little bit about the hype train that is Remco of Enipol. And I remember the hype train going into the World Championships and the time trial. And I'm like, I remember hearing about him. But I just didn't, he was only 19 and yeah. never really paid too much attention. And so I kind of, when I hear really wrong riders getting big hype trains, I kind of just like ignore it. But he has just had a phenomenal 20. You know, he's every stage race he's entered, he's won. Yeah, it's gonna be, and everybody was kind of expecting him to get cracked on on one of the, you know, climbs, and mm -hmm. that's and that's where he did a lot of his work. So it's it's pretty awesome. I will say, uh, probably good move for Landa changing teams. The same thing with Nairo. Yeah, he he looks like he's building well. Mm -hmm. Like he looks better than some of the other guys that I think uh, Carapaz was in this, and oh, maybe yeah. he he's just look, he did not look ready. Yeah, maybe he's just further out on oh, where yeah. he's trying to peak, but he did not, he wasn't up there with him at all. So it's, no. he's either waiting or he's just not on the same level as them right now. Well, Carapaz is going to defend his Giro title. So, you know, he has a he has another couple months. Yeah, I guess it's Landa's October, kind yeah. of going for the tour. Yeah. And so he's got to be ready. And so that it makes sense for Carapaz uh, why he wasn't looking as good. And, and that's fine. Like he has. He'll probably peak, and I kind of think he'll probably win um, Torino Adriatico, right? He'll have he'll get a trident, and that's his perfect ramp for the Giro, right? But for sure, yeah, he did not look good in this race, but I don't think anyone was really expecting him to. It's just like a chance for him. I think the people in the Giro are going to have a lot more consistent results than I think the Tour. Um, but yeah, we can talk about that in a couple weeks. But but yeah, I think um, everyone was on the hype train for Sosa. He looked pretty bad on stage three and then 
you know, he wasn't really in the running, and so he was kind of just hanging out and got a free ride to the last, you know, couple hundred meters and just attack. So good for him. I mean, he's young, and he's still building up, but yeah, um, I, I wasn't as impressed with his victory that some of the commentators and people were. Yeah, and it's one of those ones where you feel like it only happened because the, the main two guys are fighting each other, and yeah. then this third third party who's, you know, six, seven minutes back takes the win. It's like, yeah, because they weren't super concerned. They want the overall. They're, yeah. It'd be nice to win this, the day, but the overall is more important. Yeah, I mean, he was obviously the strongest in the moment and deserved the, the race uh, stage, but again, it's... He wasn't in the lead going in, so it's it's a little tougher to really justify, and and it's exciting. I mean, I'm still maybe I'm just bent because he's he didn't because uh, he didn't sign for Trek. He signed his <laughs> Trek and then and then ditched it or whatever, and so it's awesome. It is what it is, but yeah, I think overall Gaviria's still looking very strong. Bennett's looking really good, and so we're starting to see this short development for the tour, uh, and we'll get into the next stage race at the end of this podcast with the Tour of Poland. So that'll be another Sprinter's Classic, it looks like. But yeah, we're starting to see these developments, and I think it's looking pretty good. But let's jump on over to Strade Bianchi. Yeah, hit up the, the women's race, the first one of the day here. That one, I think, I didn't watch it live, so I was watching the replay, and then what they had, they were kind of already in the action at that point, uh, where I think it was um, Mavi Garcia was off on her own mm -hmm. by about three and a half minutes where yeah. where I came into the race. Yeah, I think uh, I was actually reading about that. So the coverage for Sardin Bianchi is always traditionally pretty short because RCS only gives so much kilometers of footage. And so it's only like the last 60K or something. And so okay, so it's, it's just not really, a, it's not really a, yeah. a good coverage race, but... I'll still take 60K over Yeah, well, I was going to say that was pretty much the full coverage then. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we got we to at. watch the entire video coverage. Yeah. But yeah, it was cool. So, like, she's out there, you know, on her own, and they're kind of making some attacks. And this, I'm not too familiar with Leah Thomas, this American writer, looking awesome, like, on one of the dirt sectors. Yeah, there was, like, a small group of, like, six, and she attacked. Yeah. And she just had some bad luck. Yeah, that mechanical... She, like, dropped her chain, and somebody on the road tried to help her, and kind of, I, I, I'm i sure just so many things going at once, and yeah. she falls over, and then tries to get on again, and then the group that she had just, you know, probably put 30 seconds into comes back, and yeah. you're just, I'm sure it's got to be super disheartening. Oh, for sure. Yeah, then the, the weird thing about the coverage on this one was there wasn't a lot of camera bikes, it seemed, and the... And the the text coverage or wherever the the commentators were getting their info from is a real dry because all of a sudden, like <laughs> they don't talk about any of the main like stars of women's cycling. And we're just watching, you know, some of these, you know, Amanda Spratt and Leah Thomas and then they got Garcia in the front. And I think the timings were a little off because it said like three minutes and I, it just didn't yeah. seem right. But all of a sudden, guess who's there? Vanderbregen. Or not Vanderbregen, uh Van, <laughs> Van Bloom. Bloom. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh she all of a sudden is just ahead of everybody, and then she's, like, just eating into poor Garcia's time. Yeah. And, like, you could just see the stark difference. Like, Garcia was, like, out in the front for a while. She was just tired, and she gave it a great effort, but Van Vlaten just came through and just smashed everybody and just soloed to the finish. Like, it was impressive. Yeah. I will say for Garcia, though, that she hung on her wheel for a while, yeah. and she was solo for a while, mm -hmm. so... Oh, yeah, no, great, great effort. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that looked like... She really made up her time on some of the descent. So an area where she, she could definitely improve. It's like Pino or like descending and finding her she lines. She was taking some of those corners really slowly and it seemed like she was just coasting down some of the hills rather than like really hammering it. Yeah. And maybe you were just, she was tired. She probably she was, was just, just like, I, mean, it was I need a hard to recover race. Yeah. It's hot, this time. dusty. It was a hard race. But yeah, it was just weird because finish line, Ben Vlauten, then you had Garcia, then you had... You know, Thomas was able to get third. And then all of a sudden, it's like, Vanderbregen comes across the line. <laughs> yeah. And Lanco Borghini comes across the line. And, like, the coverage never showed them at all. And there was, yeah. like, five or six riders at least in, in between different them. groups. Like, yeah. yeah, the whole time I had seen none of them. And they're just like, oh, yeah, we're, like, fourth and fifth. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> cool. strange. Yeah, uh, it was weird. But it was a cool race. Um, you know, Van Vlatten is just five for five this year or something yeah. like just insane just crushing the entire she's just like eh, like i don't know right i can't help it <laughs> what are you gonna do man it's that coca-cola she had after the race yeah 
Uh, so the men's. Men's race was phenomenal as well. I mean, Strada Bianchi, it's just delivery. Yeah, I will say, I think every edition that I've seen has been good. Yeah, me too. Uh, it's just an exciting race. I know people are talking about it should be the sixth monument, and I think it's still too early for that. You know, let's get a another decade of solid results and consistency and, and see how it develops from there. I'm not saying it doesn't deserve it, but let's just give it a little bit of longevity before we add it to a monument. So that's only my only takeaway. But yeah, this was obviously, you know, out of order and, and hot this time of year. Usually it's more cool or even freezing. So yeah. 35 degrees C, I mean, it's hot for them. I mean, it was like 45 to C today. <laughs> yeah, was... I don't know. So, you know, hot for the Peloton. You know, they're, they're a little bit of... They can't handle our, our level here. <laughs> no. They just go like five times as fast. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so 35C is really hot. Uh, you know, we had talked about, you know, one of the big concerns of this race this year was it was so late in the season, super dried out. They had done some, some road work on some of these roads, and so there was like ruts, and some of the roads were a little bit more rough. And so just a lot of punctures. I even, I read Alaphilippe had six punctures. It was crazy, like just watching the the motorbikes and the dust they were oh, kicking up, awful. and and I think it was one like where Betty All was going off in in the lead for a little bit on the gravel sector, and I don't know how you could see anything, and they are bombing that descent. Like one, you're on dirt, so it's already it's going to be rougher, and there's the ruts and everything else, yeah. but you just can't see. Like it's not. I mean, from at least the pictures, like it's not super super wide. There's some more yeah. narrow, twisty things. Yeah. I don't That's the one thing, that's the one disappointment with this race was the way the motorbikes were set. So, like, if you were, you, you know, you, I noticed this a lot in the women's race, but you had Garcia in the front, motorbike was behind her the whole time. Yeah. And Vlauten is attacking, trying to catch her, motorbike's in front of her. Like, and, like, like, in her way. She's, like, waving them off. A little bit in her way, and even when they weren't, they were, they were still kicking up tons of dust. So she's just riding through a dust cloud. And it's like, yeah. you can't be breathing that in, you know? It's like... Yeah, I don't understand why they couldn't dry, be behind. Like, yeah, I don't know why they couldn't be on the side of her or behind her as well. So that was the one thing I didn't like about this race was the placings of the bikes in front of the riders because it was so dusty. Yeah. I mean, I know Roubaix has sort of a similar problem, but I think this dust, it was just thicker. You know, Roubaix dust can be pretty bad, but yeah. this is, like, really bad. The clouds it made were just, it looked like you were, like, cannot see through them at all. Maybe it's different when you're in it, but yeah, at least from the pictures, I was like, it's just, like, white fog. Yeah, now, re remind me again who you picked for, to win this race? I picked Shockman. Yeah, and I picked Wood Van Art, and so we, we start coverage, and I think it was, like, 60K to go. And there was a, I think there was, was a breakaway there at the time. I was busy cooking breakfast, so I, I didn't get a chance to see the first little bit of coverage. But um, I feel like the breakaway was there. I mean, your main components of that were, was was Wout, GVA, um, you had Fulsang, you had Betty All, you had Shockman. There's one and guy. And Formalo. Is that six? That's six, but I think that was the okay. main... I think I was forgetting Shockman, but I was thinking about it in my head. But yeah, so there's six main riders, and it was, I mean, it was... A, they, were, they didn't have that much of a, of, a, of a gap, but they were six really strong riders. And so, yeah, they, they kept it all, you know... They, ne they were never caught again. Yeah. It was a very... But what was great about it was still a long way to go, and, you know, the story of the race was just the heat and the punctures. I mean, it, you know, Vanderpool... Sagan was affected by the heat and some of these other riders like it was pretty tough and what you got behind one of the things I read was it was disc brakes just changing out tires was a little slower oh. and then once you get behind it's like Flanders or Roubaix like once you get behind it's really hard to get back on well yeah you see that I feel like especially with this one if it's like a 20 second gap just not closing it down like it's crazy it's like where you would see on other races you're like oh it's 20 seconds and there's good groups and they're like no, like 20 seconds, that's it. Like, it's it's just tough, I think, to do anything yeah. on this. But yeah, I think this this race was a war of attrition, uh, I would say, and that leading For breakaway. Sure. You know, you had these six guys, all very strong riders. You know, the weakest riders would be Formolo, Betty All, and Shockman, right? Shockman obviously just won Perry Bay before the season ended, but the other three riders, Wood Van Art, obviously huge in cross, like big, big, big name. Fugelsong's won a couple things. He was really close. Him, him and Van Aert were second and third last last year. 
and then uh, GBA obviously is known for being a classics guy, but six really strong guys, and they were rotating around. Even GBA did a couple pulls, and he definitely <laughs> tried show. to sit on the <laughs> wheel a little bit. But, but yeah, but then like they were just attacking, and, and they'd get caught, and then another guy would attack, and they would get caught, and I mean it was just really fun to watch. Yeah, no, it was awesome, and I think like I think it's about like twenty five k or so to go. You were again cooking, and that's and that's where where uh, Van Art goes off and just again the same kind of thing like he just ups the tempo also a good time trial is yeah and just drops everybody back you had seen full saying put in some heavy attacks earlier and he paid for him he he was the first off the group and then i i don't know if it was him or gba first but they were they, both the first two but yeah. yeah they drop off the group but then that that attack that van art does just kind of finishes everybody else off and then it's it ends up being Formolo and Shockman just trying to to pull him back. Yeah, Betty all kind of got lost out there and yeah, it was great to see, you know, Van Art avenge his two third places. Especially as when we talked about last week his first world tour race is Strada Bianchi and he like cramps up on that last yeah, climb. And so, you know, I was we were both kind of excited cuz our our guys were just in it to the end, which is always a good feeling. And uh, I had a pretty good feeling because I had like 20 or 30 <laughs> seconds at the time. and But I was just like, don't cramp. <laughs> don't cramp on, on the final climb. And by the time he got to the 1K banner, like he had such a lead that even if he did cramp, I think he, he still would have yeah. been able to get there. And so, I think so too. But it was really nice to see him pull it out. Like it really seems like he's mastered Strade Bianchi. I mean, three years in a row, podium, podium, win. Yeah. Very consistent. I mean, he's going to master these classics soon. <laughs> I'm telling you, I've already called one. He's going to win Perrier Bay, and I'll be two for two. Yeah, I mean, I could see it. But, yeah, one of my takeaways was Betty All is, is looking really good. I mean, he won Flanders, and it was kind of just like no one respected him, no one really knew him that well, and they kind of let him go, and he just held it along, and it was a really cool race. But, you know, he's only had a sprinkling of, of top results, and so seeing him be super competitive in this race and animated like he had a really strong attack and it it looked really good i was like oh this actually might be a winning move it seemed like it for a for a time period you're like all right like he's pulling out a gap on the on the gravel like who's going to be able to close this yeah but yeah he looked really strong and i was actually surprised that he kind of dropped off at the end he he looked like one of the better riders in the group at the time for sure but nice to see him showing consistent performance you know and then shockman or formula really not not a race i don't think they've done very often or at all Shockman did it last year, did he? and he he did look good. I think he got a puncture, a mechanical, or something mm-hmm. kind of took him out. I think him and Bardet were kind of going back and forth. Uh, I think it was last year. Well, Bardet got second in 2018 behind Benoit. Okay, maybe it was 2018 when when he was looking good in it. But either way. I forgot who got third in that one. I will say an overall takeaway of just the last, because I have to mention it, but I was going to say, as a team, Bora just looking really good. I was yeah. just going to say, like, the the win with Grosschartner earlier, um, or at the Veltelburgos, Schachmann up there, earlier in the air looking good. And I will say, I mean, we both know, like, Sagan can't handle the heat, but you had Mulberger and Oss up there helping out Schachmann for quite a while. Yeah. And I was just like, all right, you have, like, just a team that's kind of all over the place and and there to support people like they're strong enough to do that and they're kind of showing in lots of different races so yeah no they've they've built a really strong team uh dank is just it's, it's a great team yeah they've really built a solid ga- team not built around sagan because when it was first came out and sagan joined it was the sagan show yeah and they very quickly were like let's keep going and they've really one of the best teams in the Peloton, as far as I would say, they're depth. as much as I like them. They're a much better team without the focus on him. Yeah. And once you know, like we said, maybe you know, he retires or whatever happens, they're still going to be that great team. So it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's good for you. I, I will say the one thing that was kind of disappointing but really impressive. Uh, I feel bad for uh, Stebar. Oh, that yeah. guy looked like he had a mechanical or something, or a missed. Somehow he missed the final selection. Yeah, but he was like single-handedly like gaining time on them for a while, and then he just got burnt out. But 
yeah, he looked really good, and I don't know. They never, I never did read what happened to him. I was trying to find it. I don't know if he got a puncture or something, but yeah, he got just a little bit behind and like kind of just um, couldn't get there. But he looked really strong every time they showed him. Like he was just chunking time off these guys, and then he just reached a point and just faded away. But I think he still ended up getting like sixth or fifth or something. Like I, yeah, he was right up there. So really impressive ride from him, and he's looking very strong. So yeah, overall I thought it was a really cool race. I'm definitely looking forward to Milan San Remo uh, next week, but you know, I guess let's let's just preview that. Yeah, let's get into it. Yeah. What are actually real quick, what are your thoughts on Milan San Remo? I mean, I like it. It's it's a beautiful race to watch. Um I mean, it's it's a bummer how it's turned out <laughs> several times, but that <laughs> It's such it's such a weird race because I think everyone like knows by this point it's it's so long and it seems like so long of nothing. Just nothing happening. That's the one complaint people have and I saw a meme on uh, the Peloton memes where it was like nothing's going on for 4 hours and the other guys like I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it it kind of creates this tension and I feel like I've seen a a couple years I think that was one where like Cavendish had a real bad crash into like into like a like a center divider. I feel like Greipel crashed on one of those. Like once it kicks off, it's just it really goes because I think everybody's been like tense and waiting for uh, either the Chapressa, the Poggio, mm-hmm. and so it's I don't know. It's kind of cool with that build. It's it's different than every other race. I think. Well, that's the one thing. So it it is really long, and that's what makes it such a different race. You know, this Mm -hmm. year it's 299 kilometers. You know, I think traditionally it's been like 260-ish or something. It's always over. It's it's really long. And that's what makes it so interesting because the different types of riders who have won this race, and it's had the same finish, relatively speaking, for quite a while now. We've seen Cavendish win this race. We've seen Kristoff, I believe, is what? DeMar has won the race. Nibbly has won the race. <laughs> so, like, that's kind of where I'm getting, like, it's mostly kind of a sprinter's classic, but then you see Nibbly win. But, yeah, you see but Kiyokoski you can, win. You can you see, solo. Yeah, you see these non-traditional sprinters win this race. And so it's definitely the race, the classic race that has the largest breadth of riders who are capable of winning. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's one thing it has in the book where you don't know what's going to happen, even though everyone knows how it's going to go down. You're going to attack on the Poggio, and the strongest will follow and do the descent, and the fastest will sprint, you know? And it's a wild descent, too. It's cool, man. It's wide roads. Like, it, it's pretty nice. Yeah, I feel like it was, I don't know if it was last year or the year back, but it was a local Italian rider, and he was just bombing the descent. Just, no, 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 no. Uh, it was, I think, I before remember. it happened, but he was just like, Everyone's like, this is like scary fast, but it's like he's. I mean, if he knows every turn, then yeah, then you know what to do. Yeah. So this race uh, this year is going to be a little bit different, and without delving into too much of Italian politics, the uh, Ligurian coast, which you know, what makes this race so beautiful is it spends a lot of its time on the coastline, yeah, on that highway, and it's just beautiful views and water and little villages and stuff. But the that area did not allow and give them authorization to close roads and have the race go through it. So they had to revamp the entire route and now only the final 35, 40 kilometers are the same. Everything else that goes inland instead of to the coastline. So it's completely different. Uh, it has a little bit more climbing. And so we'll see if that has an effect. There's a couple climbs in the middle. Um, and it's also, like I said, 299 kilometers. Yeah, I would say plus. it could at that length. That that could change a lot. Maybe the more pure sprinters are like, I'm just tired by the point we get to the to the big last two climbs. Yeah, and one other factor, which I think is going to have the possibility of even being a bigger thing, is they've reduced the team sizes from, I think it was eight to six, mm-hmm. because they've created more space for two more wildcard teams. And some people will probably have a problem with this, but they're two Italian teams. Bardiani CSF and Adroni Giacatoli Sitterman. So I like that move. You know, we're in a weird calendar year, and some of these teams aren't getting a lot of chances to ride at all. That's true. Almost all of these races that we're going to have this calendar year are mostly world tour races. And so I think it was a cool move on, on their part to 
get the permission to reduce the teams and allow two more uh, Pro Conti type teams into the race. I could see that happening in some of the Belgian races just because yeah. a lot of them are on the cusp of being canceled. They already have and they're like, hey, we need a little bit of support for our local team yeah. so that we don't lose the sport here. You know, mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I, I like the move. I just think it's setting a dangerous precedent where they there's always the rumors where they want to cut races down to more and more riders. Um, you know, they went from nine to eight. And so that was a big thing. And, you know, oddly enough, people were like, what's going to have, a, you know, uh, an effect on the Grand Tours and Ineos is going to be worse. I'm like, no, they're going to be even better. You know? Yeah. It's just a like they already have the best small, team. Yeah. Like you think having one less rider is going to make them less best than everyone else. Like other teams have a hard time finding a way to cut to nine. Like yeah. they're trying, they're trying to find a way to get nine riders. Yeah. Ineos is like, I don't know. Like, I'm sorry. I can't take you this year. Super good domestique guy. You know, you're like, we have to take one of our GC winners instead of our regular domestique. Sorry. Yeah. So anyway, I think this move to six is, is a little bit weird. And just the length of this race, I think it could play a, a, an important factor. You know, it's not super hilly or you know, cobbly or dirt or anything where you're going to expect a lot of punctures. But nature breaks or even if there's a crash or something, like you don't have a lot of team members to be able to help you. And so I think I think it's going to be a very interesting race. I don't know, I, I don't know what's going to happen now. It's like super all over the place. There's a totally different route. Less team riders, like... I think it's going to be a really weird one. Yeah, I, you know, given that, I think we look at a couple of the, the key riders that that we're thinking anyways for it. Um, we have a list down here. We got Sagan on there. Could be his year. It could. I mean, I really hope it is. And, and you have an, another guy who really wants it to be his year to hear as well with Gilbert uh, Nibali, who just won it. Uh, you have GBA, who looked pretty strong this this last week. Uh, I'm going to skip over Viviani here. I, I feel like he's too unknown of form. Uh, Toons, who just got re-upped, I think, I think he'll be motivated. Uh, Vanderpool, I feel like he'll be motivated just getting bad luck. The same with Alaphilippe. Yep. Um, I, I think it's going to be a little... It's, it's not suited for Betty All, I feel like. Um, you know, who are you looking at? Yeah, I mean... Obviously, I want Wout van Aert to win again. Um, I don't know. I mean, it is a tough race, you know, because of the length. So, yeah, you're right. Some of these pure sprinters might not be the right pick. Uh, I just knew that there's usually a good amount of sprinters have the are in the race until the last two climbs. Yeah. And if they can manage to get over there in good enough timing, like, they have a chance to catch up on the descent or something. So there's always those. But I think, you know, like you said, Sagan would like to win this race. Gilbert really wants to win this race so he can be one of those elite riders that's won all five monuments mm -hmm. or classics as you call them. And <laughs> Sorry, man. so I think I would really like Gilbert to win. I just don't think it's going to happen. But as we've seen with him, he could just attack 40K to go and just solo his way all the way to the that's finish. True. So I, I'm just going to go with Vanderpool. I, I just, if it comes down to a, a small group, he's going to be able to outkick almost anybody, in my opinion. That guy has. A strong kick when it comes to a finish. It's true. I think uh, I'm picking two, but I'm gonna say either Gilbert or Alaphilippe. I think is is gonna take the win. Right. I think Alaphilippe had bad luck this week. Yeah, and I think he's stronger than than where he placed for sure. Um, I don't even know if he finished, but and I think Gilbert wants it really bad. And yeah. like you said, is. Is He's a guy the... who can solo like that and has, I think, the drive to do it. I mean, obviously, it's got him to win. But of course. I, I just, uh, yeah, I, I, he's too much of an unknown. Um, I want to say even Stoyven's here, too. But, yeah, I, I think Vanderpool, like I said, if it comes down to a small group, I think he has a really good chance. I really want to see Gilbert win, just to check that box and be, I mean, not every writer gets, very few writers get to win all five. I mean, now that he's off to Koenig, I'm like, all right, I could, I could root for him. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not his race. He's too big of a rider. It's not really his type of, of race, but I feel like last year, potential. I feel like it was last year, though. He was climbing, like, insane. He won a stage of something, and it had, like, a 17 or an 18% climb, and you're like, why is he here? And he was just taking oh, everybody Oh, yeah, yeah. That out. was on, um, was it the Volta? I'm not... 
I'm no, not sure what I want to say it was the Giro or something. He there was a Pro Conti guy. It might have been uh, a Bardiani or and and I forget what what team he was on. No, maybe it was the Vuelta. It was um, I think it was a Caja Raw rider. That's one of yeah. And it was like super steep, and then he just like blows past him. Yeah, that was a cool race. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it was like 18 percent, and yeah, he was like out climbing everyone. Well, Gilbert's always been a punchier climb type of classics rider, right? Yeah. He always won like those tour finishes, like up super best or something, like those short, steep, little punchy ones. And so it wasn't really, it was a little bit outside of his norm just because it was the length mostly. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was the steepness. I think it was the length. I think it was like a couple yeah. kilometers. And so it was really weird for him. But yeah, he's always been able to put excitement into a race. So I definitely would like to see him win, but I, I think if it's, if I had to, I just have the hunch it's Van all right. Yeah. I wouldn't be mad at either one, so. No. Also, I mean, the one caveat with Vanderpool is, as we saw in the World Championships, like, the longer the race, like, he does kind of fade a little bit, but he's had a chance to practice. So I, I think he, he's one of those guys that's going to get better. For sure. That's my pick, man. All right. Well, let's get on to the Tour of Poland. This race is, from what I remember, and it's not a race I watch very often, um, I always remember it being more hilly and more climb-heavy. But you had said that it's it's kind of hit or miss. It's kind of not a traditional route. Yeah, because I think Sagan's won it once, and I think Micah, just two riders that I, I'm pretty sure have both won it, two very different riders, so I, it does seem like that the terrain changes. Do you know anyone else besides Bora riders? I mean, we're talking Tinkoff riders. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they want to get they were, it. They were on Tinkoff at the time. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, I, it's so this year I was expecting kind of like, oh my, cool, this will be a build-up race. I want to see who there, who's there for GC on, on the tour. Like, mm-hmm. it'll be an interesting, you know. There's not a not a race they would traditionally want to go to as a build-up, but this is a weird season, and I was surprised that like no one was there. So I looked at the profile. Most of them are sprint stages. Yeah, it's looking like most likely the first three are going to be. Fairly traditional sprint, maybe stage three, a little bit sharper, but some of these sprinters can climb, yeah. so it's not too big of a deal. Stage four is really where it happens. It looks like six cat ones and an uphill finish. Yeah, an uncategorized uphill. It's like 2.2 2. 2 kilometers at 6.8% average. Which so is pretty good. Pretty good one. So, yeah, and then stage five is like one of those tour stages where it's like lumpy at the beginning. There's like a cat two and a big cat one in the, in the middle and then just a long descent into the finish. So it's like, it's going to be a sprint stage. Yeah. Um, but, so then when I was looking through, I was like, all right, fine. Really disappointed. I was really hoping to see some tour buildup for GC. Uh, looks like the only race is going to be the D- Dauphiné. So that's going to be, that's going to be it. Do they have, uh, we didn't talk about this, was it the... We get those confused. The Route de Sud or the... Um, Route de Sol? Yeah. I feel like one of those is traditionally around the time of the Dauphiné as well. I don't know if those are going on this year. Nope. Just the Dauphiné. Weird. As far as the calendar I saw. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's this, that's it. That's the only race now for GC to build up as a, any race before the tour starts. So it'd be very weird GC to pick. Um so we're besides, picking sprinters. Besides road joke. But anyway, <laughs> so on Tour de Poland, um, I wanted to look at all the sprinters. Yeah. You know, and, and maybe one other rider that's not a sprinter. But So we have this race. You got to give him the respect, even though he's not going to win anything. Cavendish will be there. No respect. Uh, no. Uh, he's the Rodney Dangerfield of sprinters at this point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we have uh, Ackerman's there, Jakobsen, Barbier, Degenkob, Gronewegen, Philipsen. Uh, just a, a who's who of sprinters at this point. And then uh, I put McNulty, yeah, local legend. I want to talk about him. It's exciting. You know, it's his, it's his first year, and I, would, I just want to see how he does. And so... Yeah, for sure. I'm looking forward to him to do something on stage four. I don't know if he'll win, but I think a nice top ten will be a good good cursor because I think he's targeting the, the Giro now, or was it still the Volta? But, you know, I don't think he's going to the Tour, so... I will say if he's there at that finish, that gradient probably suits him pretty well. Yeah. Because I was like, it's about the you know the same as uh, South Mountain, and he has just crushed that t- that uh the PR that PR on there. Yeah, KOM. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, I'm excited. <laughs> I want to see what he does. I'm just being a, a local guy and, and just want to watch McNulty all all day long. So I'm excited for that. But as far as sprinters, Ackerman, Grunewagen, Barbier's won recently at uh, he won at uh, Cebu, right? Is that where, where it was? Uh, I. 
he did not win because Ackerman was there. But he was he was oh. up there. Anyway, he it was, was both of them too. So, you know, I don't think Ronovagan's going to the tour this year, poor guy. Um, but anyway, no. we got we had some no. good. There's no place for him. No, there isn't. He understands. But anyway, so we got some good riders. So we get to see some competitive sprints. No, I agree. It's going to be good to see Jakobsen and Philipsen because when it comes to our tour uh, points game, like I gotta, I gotta see how these guys are developing. You gotta you know? do, yeah, like the the undercard of. Uh, yeah, when you don't have the first sprinters, pick, like <laughs> it's true. You know, in these tour stages and these GCs, uh, these Grand Tours, where there's like one main sprinter winning everything, like when you're picked third and like the two obvious picks are gone. It's a crapshoot to know who's going to get third, and so because you need points, you're like, yeah, that's how you get that. That's how you get that championship. So I, I'm excited to watch the results for this race and see how these these sprinters kind of duke it out. And I don't know, man. Do you think Degenkopf is going to win one? I think he might be able to win stage three if it's a sprint. Yeah, I have no. I mean, I'd like him to win as well, but he just I don't think he he's been racing. I haven't seen. I don't even remember him earlier in the season, so I I don't know. What he's done or what form he's coming into. All right, real question. Cavendish, is he going to win one? No. <laughs> is he going to finish in the top 10? I was going to say, I don't know if he'll top 10. <laughs> That's sad. How I don't even know if he's probably the top sprinter on the team anymore. Well, probably, I mean, no, he's not. But Belinda, I don't know if he's the top wow, sprinter. Wow, on the team. Like, just anyone can outsprint <laughs> yeah. him. Yeah. They'll get um, Nairo to be their sprinter. Yeah, I think this will be a cool race. I think there's about five, four sprint stages. I think we're going to see Ackerman win twice, and I think we'll see two other people win one if the, if that one transition stage is a sprint. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And, yeah, we have to kind of look at who else is there. But just for, like, building up the team, I'm sure they'll have a lead-out train for all these guys. So Yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of, like I said, I, I glanced. I didn't really see much. So, anyway, I think that uh, that wraps us up for this week. Yeah, we got a next week preview. We're going to have a recap of the San Remo winner. We're going to have Tour Poland recap, the Dauphiné and Il Lombardia preview. Yeah, we're just getting thick and thick and heavy into this season already. It's just race, 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 race. So oh, I I'm, love it. I'm like, give I'm me stuck. like, what was it on Sunday we watched, or Saturday we watched three races? Yeah, we yeah, watched the women's awesome. Strada Bianchi, we watched the Burgos race, and then we, we finished it up with a main course of uh, men's Strada Bianchi. So that was a really cool Saturday. Yeah, it's always great. You're just like, yeah, we watched like two or three races today. Yeah, it's exciting. Well, cool, man. Well, let's, uh, I'm ready to get in the pool. Dude. I got. I brought a, a hard seltzer for, for each of us. Re- cycling recovery I know. right here, man. It's 120 calories. I already got, I got it all laid out. Pomegranate, so we're going to say it's got, you know, some... It's got some vitamins, <laughs> or vitamins, as they say. Yeah, I'm sure it's real pomegranate, too. Oh, for sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so the, the lady, we, we made potatoes this morning. We had some rosemary outside and made some rosemary potatoes, and then she kept some. She's like, what? I'm like, what's... You didn't put all the rosemary in the potatoes. She's like... Oh, I was thinking we could have like a drink later, and I was like, oh, "I'm gonna be so dehydrated tomorrow." <laughs> oh yeah, it's I'm like, my mouth is so dry right now. Yeah, I'm getting ready to go slam some water. Cool. Sweet man. See you next week. See ya. I get like, you don't do that. Like I kind of like breathe weird when I know I'm being recorded. I don't know, dude. I don't know. I guess I'm I usually just breathe out of my third eye. Gotta open up that chakra, dude. I haven't opened that one yet. It's pretty nice.